Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Hope you've all been hunkered down for Super Typhoon Saula. So, since it's a typhoon weekend, I felt it was rather suitable to talk about typhoons. So, later in the programme, we've got author Paul French talking about the great typhoon of 1937. The problems were compounded by the fact that in September 1937, the harbour was full of uh, refugee boats. Also, the former director of the Hong Kong Observatory, Shun Chi Ming. For 1874, in fact, it, it was one of the reasons to establish the observatory in the first place. And this storm, I believe, is, is one of the top most uh, destructive typhoons for Hong Kong. And some sound from Radio Hong Kong back in 1962, reporting on recovery efforts after the devastating Typhoon Wonder. And as I came in shot in, I saw people looking out over the water for the things that belonged to them, anything that they might retrieve. If you look at historic photos of the typhoon in 1874, it was absolutely devastating. It's difficult to assess the numbers of dead and injured, but the photos show the damage wrought across Hong Kong. You can imagine, in the 19th century and earlier, that those whose livelihoods depended on the sea and those that lived in coastal villages developed a keen understanding on how to study the winds and tides. But the casualty rates were high. On the 18th of September 1906, a typhoon wiped out about 5% of the population. These included then Anglican Bishop of Victoria, Joseph Hoare, who drowned with four of his St Paul's College students on a boat in the New Territories. But let's start off with an account of the 1937 Great Hong Kong Typhoon, which, as author Paul French describes, wrought devastation in Hong Kong and also brought disease in its wake. The typhoon that hit Hong Kong on September the 1st, 1937, was quite simply a perfect storm. The winds reached 125 miles per hour, probably more. At 125 miles per hour in 1937, the Hong Kong Observatory just stopped recording. Whole villages were swept away. The winds were so strong in the harbour that ships broke anchorage. Not just small ships, but, but battleships were blown across the harbour, smashing into each other. The whole of Aberdeen Sampan community was effectively uh, wiped out, tragically. Uh, one Royal Navy captain described the winds in Victoria Harbour as just brutal fists. But the tragedy just kept coming. After the wind came flood. Most of Central was flooded. Pedder Street, DeVoe Road, Queens Road, all completely underwater, completely overwhelming the fire brigade at the time. Following that, fire broke out in the Western District and uh, Kennedy Town, which at that time was mostly wooden shacks. And those fires were so severe and the fire service was so overstretched already trying to pump water out of Central that the fire soon spread to Connell Road and Hollywood Road and the mid-levels. The problems were compounded by the fact that in September 1937, the harbour was full of uh, refugee boats. Firstly, from the bombing of Shanghai, so-called Bloody Saturday, that had happened in mid-August. And there was an evacuation that was happening of families down to Hong Kong. Those ships were arriving just as the typhoon hit. Um, similarly so, there had just been a, a massive earthquake in the Philippines that had hit Manila, and those ships were also coming down. So that was a problem. And then, just as if things couldn't get worse, disease hit. Cholera, 
largely, but followed with an outbreak of typhoid and even some cases of bubonic plague. The Happy Valley Racecourse was turned into an inoculation centre. The cholera outbreak was across southern China, and so there were people coming in looking for inoculation from Guangdong province, from Macau, from Taiwan. It got so bad that the Catholic Church issued an edict that Catholics could eat meat on Fridays rather than fish to try and stop the spread of cholera. How did it all end in the end? Well, heroic efforts by the fire services, the police, the Royal Navy that was in town helped with firefighting and with water pumping. Um, everyone tried to get back on their feet. But Shanghai sent stocks of anti-cholera serum. The Dutch East Indies, of course now Indonesia, and Singapore sent yet more serum to allow everyone to get inoculated. So too did the US Navy sent their supplies from their base in Manila. And the Red Cross was even able to bring in serum for inoculation from San Francisco using the new Pan Am Clipper service that was flying between San Francisco and Hong Kong at that time. It was a perfect storm. It was an autumn of hell, as it was described in the South China Morning Post at the time. And it was really uh, when you combined fire, flood, disease, pestilence, the refugee crisis, uh, together with the typhoon, really the worst combination of natural disasters to hit uh, Hong Kong ever. My thanks to author Paul French for his account there. You can also look up a link online for an article he wrote on the terrible year of 1937 for the South China Morning Post. The former director of the Hong Kong Observatory, Shun Chi Ming, is a keen follower of typhoons. He also expressed an interest to me to actually go into the eye of the storm, as you'll hear. But he also talks about the environmental impact, global warming, and what's happening to our typhoons. It's a low-pressure area uh, formed over the ocean. Not just the low pressure, but also it brings very strong winds. So normally, low pressure, very strong winds uh, will characterize a, a typhoon or a, or a hurricane, depending on which uh, region you are in. In our region, they are called typhoons. So a typhoon is a hurricane? Exactly the same thing, but uh, different names in different regions. But actually, uh, the hazards goes beyond uh, strong winds and, and low pressure. Actually, we can't feel uh, any significance of the low pressure, but actually the low pressure could increase or to raise the sea level. That's what we call storm surge, which is a very, very dangerous uh, phenomenon. Uh, in the past, it, it kills really a great number of people. It's not the strong winds which, which kill people only is the storm surge. It can uh, cause um, fatalities of thousands. And with climate change in progress, uh, we expect that the intensity of these typhoons uh, could be even more severe. Why for, is that? Because for climate change, first of all, the temperature will be higher globally. Air temperature as well as the sea surface temperature, so that typhoons will have more fuel uh, from the ocean. And, and more energy as well because of the higher temperature. And higher temperature in the atmosphere also means that more moisture can be held. Uh, and so the rain, if it falls, it can fall more heavy uh, than usual. One more effect of climate change is uh, the increase in sea level. As we all know, the, all the glaciers and, and the big ice sheets over Antarctica and Greenland are melting very quickly because of the global warming. And so the sea level is, is on the rise. 
And we expect that this rise uh, will not stop, well, even we, 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 we cut uh, emission, greenhouse gas emission today because of the accumulated effects of the carbon dioxide and, and, and the warming, the glaciers con will continue to melt. And so it really depends on how quick we, we can uh, mitigate uh, the uh, uh, effects, but we expect that no matter what, at least half a meter of sea level rise will be expected um, by the end of this century, if not more. So the higher the sea level, when, when storm surge happen, the effects will be greater. When you were a boy, can you remember what your first typhoon was? Not really, because I live in a really uh, low-rise area, um, and, and so I, my home was not ex really exposed to, to the strong winds. But I do have very clear memory of a ship that uh, went from Hong Kong to Macau with the name uh, Fat Shan. Actually, my father took me to Macau in the, nine, I think, late 1960s, and I still remember the name of the ship. At that time, the, we need to spend a whole night to travel from <laughs> Hong Kong to Macau. But then in 1971, there was a typhoon Rose, which uh, sunk the, the, the ferry. So this is a typhoon that I can remember very clearly. And in fact, this typhoon was the strongest one since another big one, Typhoon uh, Wanda in 1962. Hong Kong lies devastated after Typhoon Wanda struck the colony at 160 miles an hour. At least 65 people are dead, 500 injured, and perhaps as many as 50,000 rendered homeless. For the big shanty-dwelling population, catastrophe is complete. People accustomed to poverty have lost the little that they had. The Queen has sent a message of sympathy, and from many parts of the Commonwealth, help is on the way. The new restaurant boat Hong Kong Lady was thrown up near Kai Tak Runway. A similar fate was suffered by many of the craft in the harbour. Warned of the typhoon's approach, ocean-going ships hastily put out to sea and rode out the storm in comparative safety. But what ruin was left behind? And how will the homeless carry on in the meantime? Tidal waves on top of the typhoon overturn cars like so many toys. What the total damage is, it's too early to estimate. Hong Kong cries out urgently for aid from the free world. Yeah, the photos of Typhoon Wonder are quite incredible, mm. just the, the destruction caused. Yes, and uh, it's not and not just the destructions and effects uh, over the ur urban areas, which already was very very severe, very uh, widespread damages. But the most devastating uh, effect was at Sha Tin, a whole fishing village over Sha Tin uh, was wiped out uh, by the storm surge. And the geography there is one of the main reasons for this disaster. Is because even though the storm surge is high already over the Victoria Harbour, it was up to about four meters uh, from the normal low tide. But uh, because of the shape of Tolo Harbour, it's, uh, it's like an enclosed area. When the sea level rise, actually the, the seawater was pushed by the strong winds, onshore winds, towards the Tolo Harbour, which the seawater has had nowhere to go. And so it's just like a mini tsunami. The sea level continues to rise and, and all concentrated 
over the, the end of the total harbour, which is Satin. So the whole fishing village at that time, it was called the Park Hock Ting village, which means kind of a bird, a name of a bird. The fishing village uh, was devastated and more than 100 people and uh, fishermen were killed. Tidal wave devastates Sha Tin. The whole village town of Sha Tin on the seaward side of the railway station was devastated by a 10-foot tidal wave yesterday and it is reported that Taipo was even worse off. An inhabitant who escaped estimated that the death toll might reach 100 or even more as hundreds of wooden huts and buildings on the seashore between the station and the railway crossing were completely flattened without warning by the heavy volume of seawater. The inhabitants did not have a chance. This tidal wave occurred about 10am and came from the sea slightly in the direction of Taipo. In minutes, the whole town was awash under 10 feet of water rushing in from the sea and carrying with it everything in its path. 15,000 phones are out. If you can't get through on the phone, don't be surprised. Yours is one of 15,000 phones put out of action by Wanda. Mr S. Grove, manager of the telephone company, told the Sunday Post-Herald last night that a number of cables, including cross-harbour cables, were affected. 10,000 lines are out on the island and 5,000 in Kowloon. Repair work is underway, but it is impossible to state when this will be completed, Mr Grove added. When we look back, um, I mean, I've been looking at some of the more devastating typhoons throughout history here in Hong Kong. There was uh, one in 1874, another in 1906. I mean, of course, there were typhoons in between, but these are particularly marked in the history books. That's right. For 1874, in fact, it, it was one of the reasons to establish the observatory in the first place. This storm, I believe, is, is one of the top most uh, destructive typhoons for Hong Kong, in fact for, for the Pearl River Delta. In Hong Kong, when the typhoon came, apart from severe damages to the houses and buildings, there was storm surge. A total of 2,000 to 5,000 people uh, were reported uh, killed in Hong Kong. We have to be mindful that at that time, Hong Kong is still Hong Kong Island and Kowloon without new territories. So if we counted the new territories, I don't know what, what the number will end up. But actually the devastation not just limited to Hong Kong, but uh, the, in Macau, the storm surge actually uh, wiped out uh, significant uh, parts of uh, Macau. As, as I think, as we know, uh, Macau is a rather low-lying town. And so at that time, the reported fatalities uh, in Macau was 5,000. 5,000 people were killed in Macau, which accounts for about 10% of the population. Oh, that's awful. I mean, it would have also been that the people's structures of their houses would have, wouldn't have been built in order to uh, go up against uh, a typhoon. And I think also the issue would have been with a, a large fishing population, mm. that there would have been any number of those in shallow waters. That's exactly right. And, and this is one of the reasons for the high um, casualty numbers uh, in, in those days, when the fishing committees uh, were very, very big. And, and also, this typhoon also triggered the government to build typhoon shelters, starting with Causeway Bay and then the Yaomate. So, in fact, uh, the fishing community actually bore the full force of the typhoon. And then in 1906, in terms of the typhoon strength, it was not a very strong typhoon. But the number of people killed might be the largest in Hong Kong's history. We don't know the exact number. Some said 
15,000, some said uh, more than 10,000. We may never know because uh, we can't rely on one single source of information. Some information on the newspaper, some from government reports, some from other, other reports. But anyway, this typhoon came as a surprise. And at that time, the director of the observatory actually was blamed for not uh, able to make uh, an early alert for the typhoon. And so some recent study of, of this case uh, showed that maybe, maybe because of this, um, the director uh, went on early retirement in 1907. In 1906, I also recall that there was a bishop who died That's right. going out in a boat with his students. Yes, as a student of St. Paul's College that I graduated from, yeah, this is also very close to my heart because um, Bishop Hall uh, was killed when he took uh, several students uh, on the boat uh, named Pioneer, I think, uh, to the Castle Peak area. And then the, um, uh, the boat was uh, capsized uh, during the typhoon. It was a very severe event. Even the torpedo boats of the French uh, Navy also capsized uh, in the harbour and so there was a lot of complaints from the French community so that the governor has to create a committee to investigate the case. But finally, um, the committee found that the observatory has already done its best. Uh, why it was not predicted? Recently, we also have, uh, have been able to look at the, the data. We analysed the typhoon and found that uh, the typhoon actually was a very, very small-sized typhoon. Uh, nowadays, we have a name for it, a so-called midget typhoon. The diameter of the typhoon uh, in terms of the um, strong and gale force winds is only uh, in terms of um, 10 to 20 kilometers in terms of radius. Normally, typhoons have a radius of hundreds of kilometers, but this one only 10 to 20. When we look at the, the information afterwards, we found that the, the typhoon probably came from Basi Channel between Taiwan and Luzon. So that the only available information is some observation on the islands. What's your favourite kind of weather? My favourite kind of weather is of course uh, not too hot, <laughs> not too cold, with sunshine and white clouds, leisurely condition. But uh, of course I'm also a fan of typhoon. I hope that someday I can be part of the wind chasing <laughs> community, especially that I, I really want to, to see for myself uh, what's the condition within the eye. As so I go up in the plane? Or maybe, yes. In fact, uh, my predecessor, uh, Mr. Gordon Bell, actually uh, flew with uh, the government flying service aircraft uh, to typhoons in the South China Sea. So I hope that uh, sometime I, I can also do that. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd be quite so keen on going into the eye of the storm. A big thank you to former director Shun Chi Ming there, who has done a great deal to find out more about the history of the Hong Kong Observatory. If we go more recently to 2018, we had Typhoon Mankut on the 16th of September, which left hundreds injured, uprooted tens of thousands of trees and caused extensive flooding. While modern technology has ensured much better warning times, with global warming and other factors, it does show that typhoons can still be a huge threat and might become more common. And finally this week, this is a recording about Typhoon Wonder in late August 1962. The winds, coupled with a high storm surge, left more than 70,000 people homeless and caused more than 430 deaths. 
This is from the RTHK Library, where I've taken some segments from a recording of Radio Hong Kong reporters and commentators out and about talking about the preparation by the emergency services and aftermath of Typhoon Wanda. 4,000 are homeless in the new territories, 16,000 in Kowloon, and 6,000 on the island. 47 people are dead. To find out the story of Typhoon Wanda, we went out among the people of Hong Kong today to speak to those who were organised to protect and to give help, to those who were ready to repair and clear away the damage, and to seize up some of those who suffered. Firstly, let's talk of preparation and the police. Everyone gets ready with emergency equipment, ropes, axes, steel hammers and so forth. And when, on the orders of the assistant commissioner in charge, a title is about to hit the island or fairly close by, beat duties are withdrawn and regrouped into foot patrols of an NCO and three or four constables, and additional mobile patrols are put out to cover as many parts of the island as possible. These carry on duty as far as possible until, in the opinion of the officer in charge of the patrol, things would be extremely dangerous if they carried on, in which case they would withdraw to police stations or anywhere they could safely for the time being. So the police were ready, but what of the sea itself? The men of the Marine Department also had their preparations to do to look after the ships. Uh, we maintain 25 A-class typhoon moorings, uh, which are allocated in the first instance to ships without power uh, and then after that on a first-come, fir first-served basis we also have seven B-class typhoon moorings for vessels uh, of 300 feet and under. Uh, many vessels of course prefer, many ships masters prefer to uh, take their ships out to the west side of Hong Kong onto Kellett Bank west of Stonecutters and anchor their ships there. Now, when, with Wanda in particular, what were the highlights, what trouble did you have? I gather in particular there was quite a lot of fuss over at Little Green Island. Uh, a British ship by the name of Tung Feng grounded on Little Green Island early yesterday morning uh, and hauled herself uh, all down one side. And the crew of 44 people, which included one woman, abandoned ship and took shelter on Little Green Island. Later in the day, we were able to get our Marine Department salvage tug out of the typhoon shelter and using a small motorboat. Uh, these two craft, incidentally, are normally used for relieving the lighthouse staff at Waglan. Using these two boats, we uh, took all the people off Little Green Island and uh, landed them at Fire Brigade Pier on Hong Kong. As always in Hong Kong, it's a problem of people which presses the hardest. And here, social welfare agencies, both government and private, have a big part to play. We have to uh, register them, register the victims, and uh, trying to feed them. And in case of need, uh, we will uh, distribute clo use clothing blankets, and uh, and uh, if necessary, uh, some uh, cooking pots or cooking utensils to them. Yesterday, we registered 7,134. And up to now, I mean, uh, today we registered 1,867. Uh, That's just one of the many centres in Hong Kong and Kowloon. Listen now 
to a sight, or rather a sound, to warm anyone's heart. I'm just standing here at the moment, and the supper for the victims of Typhoon Wanda's just arrived. There's an enormous tub full of rice. There's also a tub full, which looks a very good vegetable stew and bean curd. Everybody is now queuing up, and they're being given extremely big helpings. They all look very happy, very well fed, and not really very worried considering all they've been through in the last 24 hours. But sometimes those who are left at home are not so lucky as those who go outside for help. A small old woman bent double herself searching through a pathetic little pile of maybe her goods or maybe somebody else's. Building sites with all the scaffolding piled high on top of each other, goods chucked everywhere, people rooting through them, trying to reduce some sort of order out of the immediate chaos. A well-known garage on a big corner facing the waterfront along Gloucester Road. Every window gone, no cars to be seen. A little bit further down, a very well-known furniture maker. Equally, all his windows appear to have suffered, and just in one corner, a single teak chair, battered and forlorn. On the actual Wan Chai seafront itself, a scene of almost complete desolation. So many of these older houses, their window frames torn and twisted, some of them hanging half over the street, some of them already removed. One wonders what on earth had happened inside. Or what about the tug flung up by the Wan Chai ferry pier, now virtually sunk? And just by it, on the actual roadside, a petrol pump completely stripped, showing its inner workings as one never normally sees it. Further down the road, in the yacht club, people are quietly having lunch. The great thing that I noticed in the Causeway Bay Typhoon Shelter itself is the extraordinary effectiveness of the shelters. I'd watched these little junks coming in all the previous morning. They'd packed themselves row upon serried row, and now the majority of them have gone. And yet it's perfectly obvious, looking at the shelter, that very little, if any, damage had been done northwards to Shatin, where the low-lying village suffered perhaps the worst damage of all from the force and height of the waves. The cries you can hear in the background come from Shatin, which is devastated beyond one's credibility. I really would not have believed it possible if I had not actually come out here myself to see the damage in this new territory's village by the sea. You can see the watermark where the water did come about five or six feet up the walls of the remaining buildings, which are in fact the only remaining buildings, the shacks have completely been washed away. There are a number of small shops and so forth that are still functioning. Very, very, very few. The streets are littered with timber, with food, with sacks of rice which have burst open, with people's small intimate per personal possessions, things like spoons, toys, cups, knives, chopsticks and so on. And as I came in Shratin, I saw people looking out over the water for the things that belong to them, anything that they might retrieve. And the urban service vehicle was standing by with the bodies that had been recovered to take them into town. The sound you can hear now is the sound of a junk, which has been washed about 30, 40 yards inland into the middle of Shartin village. 
the cries are the cries of the Gurkhas, the Pakistani police, the Hong Kong police who are trying to get this vehicle, this boat back into the water where it normally belongs. It's shattered. One wonders whether it's really worth it, except of course they have to get it out of the village. It's being towed by a Land Rover. Radio Hong Kong commentators reporting on Typhoon Wonder there. My thanks to Shun Chi Ming and Paul French. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.